Maurice Isaiah Torres, known to his friends and family by his middle name, was born on July 3, 2008. He was the son of Mauricio Alejandro Torres and Kathy Lynn Torres. Isaiah shared a mother and father with his two sisters, Madison and Mackenzie, one of which was his twin. Mauricio was previously married to a woman named Linda, and they lived together in California. They had two children, a son also named Maurice that simply goes by Torres, and a daughter named Erica. Kathy, too, had children before marrying Mauricio, and their names were Nicholas, Quentin, Spencer, and Bailey. Isaiah was a regular volunteer at the Samaritan Community Center in Rogers, Arkansas, for three years. According to the executive director, Debbie Rambo, his favorite thing to do was break down the boxes so he'd get a box of granola bars and empty them and then smash the boxes for recycling. Debbie said Isaiah came to the center each Tuesday night with his two sisters and helped put together snack packs. She claimed that Isaiah was a fun-loving boy who loved to help out. She said that they took their jobs very seriously. In fact, if an adult went over and tried to help them or interfere in some way, they would get very upset because that was their job. Isaiah and his sisters attended the Ambassadors of Christ Academy in Bentonville, where the little boy was a kindergartner. That was until two of his teachers became concerned about the children's well-being and reported their concerns to DHS. His kindergarten teacher, Perry Heffernan, and his music teacher, Hannah Paul, both reported seeing multiple large bruises on the boy's body. Ms. Heffernan took photos of his bruises and reported her concerns to the state hotline. The women also noted that Isaiah stole other children's lunches and scavenged food from the trash. The following year, Isaiah and his siblings did not return to school because their parents began homeschooling them. There were some records that indicated that DHS did look into the mistreatment of Isaiah within the Torres home, but were later closed as unsubstantiated. On March 29, 2015, at 11.33 p.m., 911 dispatchers received a call from Kathy stating that Isaiah was not breathing. Emergency medical personnel from the Bella Vista Fire Department rushed to the Torres home located at 9 Cresswell Circle, where they found Isaiah laying on his back on the living room floor. But the fact that the little boy wasn't breathing wasn't the only issue at hand. Before he was taken by ambulance to Mercy Hospital, medics observed numerous lacerations and severe bruising on Isaiah's body and requested that police be notified. This was clearly not an accident. At 11.52 p.m., Officer Jeff Blake was dispatched to the residence and arrived there at exactly midnight. However, the ambulance was already leaving the scene and he was redirected by dispatch to head to the ER. It only took him seven minutes to get there. Upon arrival, Dr. Franklin Earl Mayhew began administering life-saving measures to Isaiah, but unfortunately, it was too little, too late. Maurice Isaiah Torres was pronounced dead at 12.23 a.m. on March 30th, 2015. He was only six years old. Officer Blake spoke with firefighters Chuck Lawson, Nick Holt, and Captain John Cottingham in reference to the incident. According to firefighter Lawson, he entered the residence and observed Isaiah's father, Mauricio, providing what appeared to be CPR to the boy. Also in the room were Kathy and her two young daughters, one of which is Isaiah's twin. Firefighter Lawson began providing CPR to Isaiah and asked the parents what had happened. The couple claimed that they recently returned from a camping trip and had no idea what was wrong with their son, and they were unaware of any medical history that would warrant Isaiah being in this condition. 
Around the same time, firefighter Holt and Captain Cunningham entered the living room with a stretcher. It was then that all the additional wounds to Isaiah's body were noted. As firefighter Lawson turned the little boy onto his side, he could see heavy bruising and puncture wounds all over his body. All three firefighters loaded Isaiah into the ambulance where they attempted life-saving treatment for about 10 minutes. According to the men, at no time were they able to revive or obtain signs of life from him. It was then that they rushed him to Mercy Hospital for additional treatment. While in the treatment room, Officer Blake conducted a cursory visual inspection of Isaiah, taking several pictures of his injuries, including cuts to his head, knees, and upper feet. Multiple wounds could be seen on his back and major bruising was seen on his right side. Before departing, Officer Blake spoke with Dr. Mayhew, who shared with him that the little boy never regained a heartbeat after arrival. The doctor also shared that Isaiah had signs of blunt force trauma to his head, torso, and extremities, as well as multiple superficial lacerations and bruises of unknown age. Isaiah also had a diamond-shaped mark on his abdomen. As Dr. Mayhew was describing the little boy's injuries to Officer Blake, a nurse walked in and informed them that blood had just been discovered inside Isaiah's rectum. Dr. Mayhew stated that he had spoken with Mauricio, who had claimed that the injuries to his son's back were caused by a prior chemical burn in 2014. Now, allegedly, Isaiah had been treated for the injury at Arkansas Children's Hospital in Little Rock. However, when Dr. Mayhew checked the medical database, there was no record of Isaiah being treated for any such injury. So as such, the family was escorted to the Bella Vista Police Department for questioning. Kathy rode to the station in the backseat of Officer Justin Green's cruiser, while Mauricio and the couple's two daughters followed behind in the family's vehicle. Once at the station, Mauricio and Kathy were both separated for questioning. In her initial interview, Kathy told Detective Ed Williams that the family had arrived home at about 10 p.m. from an overnight camping trip in Hollister, Missouri. She stated that around 2 p.m. that same day, Isaiah had begun to complain of a stomach ache. So Kathy said she gave him Pepto-Bismol and thought that he was all better. According to his mother, Isaiah had fallen asleep on the drive home, but after being awoken upon arriving at their home, he walked inside on his own and even helped unload the vehicle. Now, according to Kathy, Isaiah took a shower on his own and seemed normal, just a little bit tired. He got out of the shower, put on his Spider-Man pajamas, and Kathy made him some green tea. The little boy was still complaining that his stomach hurt, so Kathy let him lie down in the master bedroom. Now, according to her, he soon fell asleep and began to snore. She also claimed that she left the room for just a moment. And when she returned, Isaiah was no longer breathing. She said she tried to shake him awake. And that's when she called 911. Kathy denied knowing anything about Isaiah's other injuries. She claimed that when they arrived home from their camping trip, the area around his eyes looked a little dark. She then told investigators that her son runs into doorknobs all of the time. Apparently, she never saw her son shirtless, which is why she had no idea what injuries they were referring to. Detective Williams had enough of this nonsense and told Kathy that her son's injuries appeared to be the result of CA. 
She denied causing any such injuries to Isaiah, but when pressed if Mauricio caused them, she would only state, I didn't do it, let's say that. Now, when confronted about Isaiah's nose being broken, she replied that it always was a little crooked. She went on to claim that they rarely spank their kids and that it had been months since their last spanking. She claimed that they love their children and that she and her husband seldom argued. Now it was Mauricio's turn to be interviewed. He confirmed the camping story that his wife had previously shared and stated that Isaiah had complained of a stomach ache, experienced diarrhea, and vomited a small amount. He also confirmed that they provided him with Pepto-Bismol and made sure that he was drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated. Mauricio said Isaiah was hard to wake up when they arrived back in Bella Vista. According to him, Kathy helped bathe the little boy in the shower to help get the smell of campfire smoke off of him. And afterwards, they allowed him to sleep it off in the master bedroom. According to Mauricio, he asked Kathy whether or not they should take Isaiah to the emergency room. Allegedly, Kathy declined as she didn't feel that the ER would take him with just a stomach ache. Detective Williams confronted Mauricio with regards to the numerous injuries found all over his son's body. And no surprise, he denied any knowledge of the bruises, lacerations, or even the diamond-shaped mark. He claimed that the dark area around Isaiah's eyes happened around the time that he began to get sick. Despite telling Dr. Mayhew that the injuries to Isaiah's back were caused by chemical burns, he denied any knowledge of them to Detective Williams, stating that you have to ask my wife about that. He attributed the other injuries to various falls and stated, all I know is that he's clumsy. Detective Williams took a short break in the interview and when he returned, Mauricio was fixated on the possibility that Kathy had ratted on him. He made multiple comments indicating that he assumed Kathy had cut a deal and implicated him in the death of his son. The detective reiterated that he just wanted to know who had hurt Isaiah, to which Mauricio responded, don't ask me to betray my wife. Mauricio claimed that he was always asking Kathy what had happened to Isaiah, and she would simply state that he had fallen. Then he said, quote, the pictures look like neglect. CA is deliberate. I didn't do anything to him and my wife didn't do anything to him, end quote. He then reiterated that he had not witnessed his wife harm their son and that she knows that he would not betray her. That same morning, DHS transported Isaiah's two sisters, Madison and Mackenzie, to the Children's Advocacy Center in Little Flock so that forensic interviews could be conducted. Now keep in mind, the little girls are aged six and seven at the time of our story, and they were interviewed separately. While being interviewed by Erin Craner, one of the sisters confirmed the camping story, Isaiah's stomach ache, and Kathy subsequently providing him with medicine. She stated that her brother was sitting down a lot during the camping trip, and when the family got home, her father had to carry him indoors. According to the little girl, her father laid Isaiah down on the bed where she and her sister helped Kathy undress him for a shower. She then went on to state that she helped her father carry her brother to the shower and that he needed to be held upright as he kept falling down while being washed. Afterwards, she claimed that they helped their mother put Isaiah to bed and that he was acting strangely. 
They got him pajamas and their mother made him a cup of green tea and gave him a gummy vitamin to make him feel better. After Aaron Craner conducted an interview with the other sister who confirmed much of what had already been stated, she also claimed that Isaiah watched part of a movie and then fell asleep and that he had scratches and bruises on his face because he had fallen down. She also noted that he had busted his knees after falling down while climbing. That same day, officers with the Bella Vista PD were granted a search warrant for the Torres residence. Inside, they discovered what appeared to be blood spatter on the walls, floor, ceiling of the master bedroom and attached bathroom. In addition, it appeared that there was blood spatter on two 15-pound dumbbells located in the master bathroom next to the bathtub. A fireplace poker tool with a diamond-shaped handle was found on the floor by the bed in the master bedroom. Now remember, Isaiah had a diamond-shaped injury on his abdomen. Vomit was found in the bed along with a stethoscope. In subsequent interviews on March 31st, Kathy told Captain Tim Cook of the Bella Vista Police Department that she did not know if her husband had done something to their son as she was not with them the whole time. She ultimately established a timeline from the early morning of March 27th through the evening of March 29th when she placed the 911 call for help. The only time that she claimed she was not with her son was on the 29th at around 2.30 p.m. when she briefly went to Lowe's for about 45 minutes. According to Kathy, it was her husband, Mauricio, that was with Isaiah continuously beginning around 4.30 p.m. on the 27th. And now, Kathy began to roll on her husband. She acknowledged seeing Mauricio beat Isaiah in the past. She had seen him hit their son with a belt, an extension cord, and with his fists, and admitted that she saw Isaiah bleed after some of these incidents. She claimed that she knew that it was her fault that she didn't try to stop Mauricio from hurting their son. She went on to state that when her husband beat Isaiah with a belt, he would tell him that if he cried, he'd be beaten again and that he needed to learn to be a man. She claimed that Mauricio would use Neosporin to treat Isaiah's wounds, and she acknowledged that she too would hit him with a belt from time to time, but wouldn't hit him hard enough to inflict any major injury. Isaiah's autopsy was conducted on March 31st by Dr. Steven Erickson of the Arkansas State Medical Examiner's Office. The preliminary cause of death was acute peritonitis. Now, peritonitis is defined as inflammation of the lining of your abdomen. It is often caused by an infection from a hole in the bowel or a burst appendix. In Isaiah's case, it was caused by a hard object being forcefully inserted into his rectum. In his opinion, Dr. Erickson concluded that this final trauma occurred within 24 hours of Isaiah's death. He also noted multiple blunt force injuries to the little boy's head, torso, and extremities, all in different stages of healing. Dr. Erickson stated that Isaiah's death was the result of chronic CA syndrome, and that the manner of his death was ruled a homicide. Captain Cook interviewed Kathy once again on April 1st. This time, she claimed to be scared of her husband and stated she shouldn't have let her fear take control of her life. She acknowledged that Mauricio hurt Isaiah, and that is why her son was dead. Despite being made aware of her son's autopsy results, she continued to deny knowing anything about Isaiah being essayed. 
She claimed the first time she saw her husband hit Isaiah was around January after Christmas. Allegedly, the little boy wasn't listening. When Mauricio would come home from work, his sisters would tattle on him, which would result in Isaiah being spanked. She went on to describe a separate incident where Mauricio beat her son with a small white electrical cord about 10 times, which resulted in him bleeding. On April 3rd, officers with the Bella Vista Police Department, in conjunction with the officers from the Bentonville Police Department, executed a search of the Captiva brand camper that had been used by the Torres family. A large circular area of what appeared to be blood was found on one of the mattresses. The mattress in question had been flipped as if to hide the stain. In addition, numerous other areas of suspected blood spatter were observed throughout the camper. In a subsequent interview on April 7, 2015 with Captain Cook, Mauricio finally laid out all of the horrors that Isaiah experienced up until his death. According to the father, he caught Isaiah getting into some cake that he allegedly was not allowed to eat while on the camping trip. Normally, Mauricio's preferred method of punishment for the boy was spanking him and forcing him to do exercises, but apparently, according to him, this was not working. So instead, he thought a proper punishment was to force a large stick up inside Isaiah and force him to do squats in the corner. But the two were not alone. Kathy observed the whole thing. When Isaiah wasn't squatting fast enough for her liking, she forced his body down onto the stick. Mauricio showed Captain Cook how Isaiah was doing the squats and he began to laugh when talking about it. According to Mauricio, he was laughing because he thought that his son was so cute while being tortured. When Captain Cook informed him that what he did was homicide, Mauricio was quick to point out that Kathy was just as responsible as him. He even went as far as to pin some of the blame on his young daughters. According to Mauricio, Kathy and the girls would often beat Isaiah, and if he was around, he'd try to intervene. When asked how Isaiah received the injury to his head, Mauricio claimed that the little boy shaved his own scalp. Ultimately, both Mauricio and Kathy Torres were arrested and charged with the following crimes, capital homicide, first-degree battery, and essay. At trial, Kathy claimed that she hadn't caused any of Isaiah's injuries. When shown his autopsy photos, she claimed complete ignorance. Either way, Kathy Lynn Torres pled guilty to the homicide and battery charges as part of an agreement to avoid the death penalty. She's currently serving a life sentence in prison without the possibility of parole. She claimed that she took the deal because, in her mind, the death penalty is similar to taking your own life, which she feels would be a morally wrong thing to do. Kathy is currently serving her sentence at the McPherson unit in Newport, Arkansas. During his trial, Isaiah's now nine-year-old sister Madison took the stand to testify against her father. She recounted instances where Isaiah was forced to sleep in a cage every night and on at least one occasion was forced to sleep in a recycling bin in the bathroom. She also told the jury her father would yank Isaiah's teeth out with pliers when he found out that Isaiah was speaking poorly about him. Other punishments the nine-year-old described included Mauricio hitting Isaiah with a stick or an electric cable. Other times, he would make Isaiah carry weights around on his shoulders. Madison said there were also instances where he would make her hit Isaiah with a stick. 
She said she complied with her father's demands because she was afraid of what would happen to her if she didn't. She also said her brother was not allowed to eat with her or her sister. Instead, he was only allowed to eat peanut butter, rice, and beans. She also told the jury that her father would force Isaiah to drink Mauricio's urine and eat his feces. There were also instances when Mauricio would urinate in a bucket, dunk Isaiah's underwear in it, and force his son to wear them on his head around the house. Madison said her brother was only allowed to take cold showers. She also described a time one of her parents, she couldn't remember which, poured bleach on Isaiah, after which he was taken to Children's Hospital in Little Rock to be treated for second-degree burns. When prosecutor Nathan Smith asked her about what happened in the day leading up to Isaiah's death, she told the jury they were camping in Missouri when at one point she saw Isaiah in the shower with his hands and legs tied with shoelaces. He had no clothes on. Before the family went home to Bella Vista, the girl said that her father told Isaiah to come into the camper. And when the door opened, she saw her brother had a stick inside of his rectum. When they got home, she told the jury Isaiah couldn't even get out of the car. A few hours later, he was rushed to the hospital where he subsequently died. The nine-year-old was also cross-examined by the defense attorney, Bill James. He asked her why she never told anyone these details before, to which she responded that she did not know why. The jury then heard from Dr. Steven Erickson, the medical examiner who determined Isaiah's cause of death was due to SA and chronic CA. Dr. Erickson told the jury that the child's injuries were consistent with a textbook case of chronic CA and his death was caused by sepsis from the stick injury. He then described the numerous injuries that he found on Isaiah's body during the autopsy. The photos of the autopsy were also shown to the jury. Dr. Erickson said the boy had several untreated injuries and scars in abnormal places that he could not explain. He also told the jury Isaiah's teeth had been knocked out and his nose had been deformed due to being broken, and it was never treated. Dr. Erickson described an injury under Isaiah's breastbone that went all the way to his hip bone, although he said it didn't contribute to his death. He also attributed the bruises on the child's fingers and wrists to Isaiah shielding himself from being hit. Dr. Erickson said he counted more than 60 injuries on the boy's back that made U-shaped patterns that looked like whip marks. There were also lacerations on the child's knees and 30 scars on his head. The medical examiner also described the injuries to Isaiah's rectum that eventually led to the septic shock that killed him. When asked about Isaiah's case, Dr. Erickson noted, quote, this is one of the worst ones in my career and I've seen some bad ones, end quote. Five of Mauricio's adult children and stepchildren took the stand to outline the inhumanity they too endured the hands of the man that was supposed to be their greatest protector. Some alleged essay, and some said they were repeatedly beaten and struck, and some said they experienced both forms of mistreatment. Two of the children, Quentin and Nicholas, were also serving time behind bars, Quentin for breaking and entering, theft of property, and battery of an inmate. Nicholas was serving time for drug trafficking and felony possession of a firearm. 
Allegedly, Mauricio would force the two boys to perform lewd acts on one another while he watched them. He also liked to lock them in a room together and force them to fight each other. In 2004, Mauricio was actually investigated for the essay of his stepdaughter, Bailey, who was only four years old at this time. However, all charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. According to news sources, after Isaiah's death, information came to light that Mauricio and Kathy had at least six children removed from their home in the early 2000s. At the time, the couple lived in Jonesboro. The Arkansas Department of Human Services investigated multiple reports of child maltreatment before the six children were eventually adopted by other families around 2005. Apparently, Mauricio and Kathy moved across the state soon after their parental rights were terminated and started over. The prosecution sought the death penalty for Mauricio, and in November of 2016, he indeed was found guilty in regard to Isaiah's death. So the jury agreed with the prosecution's recommendation. He was sentenced to death, but there was a problem. His conviction was overturned in 2019 by the Arkansas Supreme Court, citing that SA could not be used as a basis for seeking a capital homicide conviction. As such, Mauricio's defense team argued that there was no way he could have known that his son was going to die, and as such, recommended a charge of manslaughter. His new trial took place in March of 2020, but fortunately, nothing changed, and he was found guilty of homicide and battery once more. However, at sentencing, things went awry once more when Kathy's adult son, Quentin, took the stand and proceeded to leap from his chair and over the railing of the witness box to attack his stepfather. As such, the judge declared a mistrial. In February of 2023, a jury found Mauricio Alejandro Torres guilty for the third time on charges of capital homicide and first-degree battery. This time, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He's currently serving his time at the East Arkansas Regional Unit, known as Brickies. In the wake of Isaiah's death, his two sisters, Madison and Mackenzie, were taken into DHS custody and were adopted. I can't help but wonder, if there wasn't a mistrial, would Mauricio have escaped the death penalty? Honestly, I don't think anybody can blame Quentin for his reaction. Let's just hope that the other inmates at Bricky's find out what Mauricio did to Isaiah and make the rest of his life a living hell.